Thank you for standing with me. If you can turn to the book of Ruth, we're going to read from chapter number one. And we're going to read uh, uh, quite a few verses here, so just be patient with me. And uh, then I'm going to let you sit down. But from Ruth chapter one, and we're going to read from verse number eight. And we're going to read all the way down through verse number 18. Hallelujah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant, thee, grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely, I want everybody to say, Surely. Surely we will return with thee. We will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb? Are there yet any uh, Are they, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go ye your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have a hope, if I should even have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieves me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth cleaved unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thy after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her. Then she left speaking unto her. Amen. Thank you for... Standing with me and reading this lengthy portion of scripture. But I'd like to preach to you this morning, amen, about the crossroad of a made up mind. The crossroad of a made up mind. And Bishop, if you don't mind, if you can come and pray, hallelujah, that God will bless the ministry of the word. Master God, we thank you for your word. Now we know, God, that your word is intended for its target today. We ask you to prepare the soil of our hearts and our minds to receive, God, what you're about to give. Strengthen and anoint the man of God. Let him be your mouthpiece for this moment and this hour. We're believing you, God, to do a mighty work in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, let it be accomplished. Let the church say, Praise the Lord, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I came a long way this morning to tell you that... uh, Amen. That we need to have a made up mind. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I need to tell you that if you don't have a made up mind this morning, I can tell you right now that you will not going to make it. Amen. We are living in crazy times and we just came out of a pandemic. And, and now in, in, in Norway, in Europe, amen, war is again knocking on our doors. And by the way, thank you all the veterans that are here. Thank you for your service. And, and as a European also, I, I want to thank you for the reason I'm living in peace today. It's because of what this country has done for Europe. Amen. I, I was born in a village in Norway, in a city in Norway, that uh, were one of the key cities in World War II, and the date I was born, 
Amen. It's the same date, not the year, I'm not that old, but it's the same date that the Germans invaded Norway. And so I am very, very thankful for what America has meant for Europe and for the freedom that I celebrate today. Amen. But let me tell you something, that war is again knocking, knocking on our doors and, and we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. We don't know. Amen. Everybody is asked, talking about the possibility of nuclear war and, 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 and all these kind of things. And we don't know what's going to happen. Tomorrow is very uncertain. Amen. Electricity prices are, are just skyrocketing now and, 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 and the interest is going up and, and the economy is, is at risk and, 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 and there's so much uncertainty. And let me tell you something. If you have not yet made up your mind, this service today is going to be a good time for you to make up your mind. Hallelujah. Because if you have not made up your mind, you are not going to make it. There's going to be many crossroads in the future. Many crossroads for, for, for God's people. We have already seen it through the pandemic. That already a lot of people have stopped coming to church. They have already gone home like Orpah. They have come to this crossroad. And because they didn't have a made up mind. They gave in to excuses. Hallelujah. These three women that are standing at this crossroad. Orpah, Ruth and Naomi. Amen. They, they represent something. And I want to I show you something here today. But let me tell you first that uh, if you have not made up your mind, you will give in to excuses. And there's so many excuses. There's a lot of people today that are not going to church, um, that are at home for some reason. If you talk to them, a lot of them will have good excuses. And, and even with Orpah, when you read the story, not knowing the, what's going to come and, and not knowing the, uh, the end of the story, so to speak. And there's really nobody, really nobody that can blame Orpah for what she did. I mean, nobody really expected her to sacrifice her life and to go into uh, a country that there was no future for her. When she came back home, I'm sure there was nobody of her friends or neighbors or family that blamed her and said, what did you do? No, everybody understood her. Everybody was patting her on the back and said, you, we understand that, you know, they, you know, and even, and she can say, well, even my mother-in-law, she pleaded with me. And, and I, I think, she, you know, she has a point, you know, come to think of it. I think she has a point. Everybody has a good reason. There's even people that have been hurted and wounded by leadership and by pastors. And, and they can tell you their story. And they will tell you their story and, 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 and about their excuse. But let me tell you something. How, how good is your excuse, amen, when you are sitting there, hallelujah, in eternity. Knowing that eternity is lost. Amen. You can have as many people on your side and say, I understand you. Amen. I don't need anybody to understand me. I want to make heaven. I want to make heaven. Hallelujah. I don't need a million people on my side to understand my case and understand my situation. I just need to make heaven. And I could take a lot of time today to talk about excuses. And, and I was planning on doing that. But I, I feel I want to I talk about some other things. But if I can have, if I can have three uh, women. Maybe I can have Gracelyn and Jesslyn and, 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 and Lorraine if you can come up. Hallelujah. Lorraine's upstairs. Then maybe, Sister T.J., if you can be, you can be Naomi, hallelujah. If you can stand right here, hallelujah, so you have them kind of in the middle here. You're Naomi, hallelujah. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be Ruth or do you want to be Orpah? If you want to be, ah, it's a good choice, hallelujah. Amen. So we need an Orpah here, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm sorry. You got to be Orpah, hallelujah. Amen. So they, they come to this crossroad in life. And at this crossroad, hallelujah, they have a choice to make. And I want you to understand something that when Naomi first tells these two daughters-in-law that, you know, you need to go back. The Bible says they both wept. And they both said, surely we will go with you. I have seen people crying in church, everybody. I have seen people at the altar. I have seen people coming to church and, 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 and standing with everybody else and say, Surely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. We're going to come to this church. We're gonna, we, I'm going to be faithful. But then they come to a crossroad in life and obstacles and problems and disappointments and things happen and, 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 and they have to again make up their mind. And so that's when Orpah, hallelujah, Amen. It was not a long job we have for you today, but hallelujah. That's when she gave in and, and, and gave in to excuses. There's a lot of orpas. Amen. And I hope there's no orpas in here. But if, you know, I, I don't know any of you. But the chances are that there are quite a few orpas in here as well. And uh, you may have not come to this crossroad yet. You Everything may be kind of okay in your life, hallelujah. But you're going to face some situations that's going, to, that's, that's going to determine if you're going to stay on this road or if you're going to go home or leave the church and leave God, hallelujah. But you see, Ruth, she had made up her mind. Amen. It, and this story shows us and tells us that, that there was nothing that was going to change her mind. Amen. Even before she came to that crossroad, she had made up her mind. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that's going to hinder me from going with you to that destination. I'm going to go with you, Naomi. Why do you think that Ruth had such a made-up mind? Why do you think that Ruth, when she came to that crossroad, was so determined not to give in to the offer of Naomi? Because you have to understand something. Who Ruth was. Ruth, she was a Moabite woman. Now, who was the Moabites? And this is something that Stephen can teach about. Hallelujah. He's... Hallelujah. The Moabites was the descendants of Moab. That's deep theology right there. Hallelujah. But who was Moab? Moab was the son of Lot. Hallelujah. I need Lot. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So Lot, you can stand over here. Hallelujah. Amen. He was, I mean, she is the descendant after this man right here, after Lot. Now, Naomi, we know who Naomi is. Come on, Jordan, hallelujah, I need you, hallelujah. She's a descendant, hallelujah. I know you don't look that old, but hallelujah. She's the descendant after this man. That's Abraham. So here, at this crossroad, we have a descendant after Abraham, and we have a descendant after Lot. And so there's something in Ruth, hallelujah, that says... I, I think I remember this story. I, I, I'm at the crossroad. There's something familiar about this voice. When you say, if you go that way, I'm going to go this way. No, 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 no. I've heard this story before. I know where this is going to end. When my forefather, when he stood at that crossroad together with Abraham. And when Abraham gave him the same offer. He said, I'm going to go this way. Hallelujah. 
I know where that ended. He lost his wife. He lost his family. He lost his future. He ended up as a caveman hiding from everybody the rest of his life. So Ruth said, no. Hallelujah. I'm not going to make that mistake. Hallelujah. Amen. This time, hallelujah, I'm going to do the right choice. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to do, hallelujah, what Lot should have done. Hallelujah. Because what Lot, this is Lot, hallelujah. I'm confused here. Hallelujah. You're Abraham. That's right. What Lot should have done. Hallelujah. You know, there, there's too many should have been. There's too many should have been stories. Could have been. Hallelujah. Lot, hallelujah. What he should have done. He should have done what Ruth did. He should have cleaved unto Abraham and said, no, Abraham, not so. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Don't do that to me. Hallelujah. We work out this strife. We're going to work out this problem, Abraham. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to my shepherds. and We're going to work out this problem. You're the man of God. You're on the way to the promised land, Abraham. Don't ask me to leave. I'm going to go with you. Hallelujah. I will submit. I will change. I will do whatever it takes. Because your God is my God. Your destination is my destination. Your people is my people. Hallelujah. Oh, Reshikin. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. So she made up her mind. No, I will not make that mistake that Lot did. You see, we... We always tell the story from Abraham's point of view when we tell the story of Abraham and Lot. And, and, and yes, it is right what Abraham did. I understand what Abraham did. I understand. Because when Abraham brought Lot up to this mountain and he said, Lot, if you go this way, I'm going to go that way. If you go that way, I'm going to go this way. And I asked myself, Pastor, how, how come that Abraham such a great man that he put his future... In the hands of a carnal, backslidden nephew that didn't love God, that didn't believe, you know, why would he tell him? Because he, he, was, he was making a decision, he was letting him make the decision where he was gonna go. You tell me where I'm gonna go, nephew. But you see, Abraham, he knew what kind of person Lot was, he knew what was in his heart. Because Abraham and Lot, they are two opposites. There's, there's two kind of Christians, everybody. And, I, and I'm sure that you've heard this many times before. But let me just throw it in here so you can get the, get the picture. There's two kind of Christians. One is Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham, he drew near unto God. The other one is Lot, he drew near unto Sodom. There's some Christians that all they, they want to do is live as close to Sodom and the world as possible. And then there's the opposite Christians. They want to live as close to God as, as possible. And so Abraham, he knew, Lot, I know what's in your heart. I know what kind of Christian you are. I know what kind of, uh, what kind of attitude you have. And, and so I'm going to ask you, where do you want to go? Because if you say this direction, thank you, then I know my direction. That is the opposite direction of what you want to go. If you want to go this direction, Lot, thank you so much for giving me the direction. I know then this is the direction I need to go. Hallelujah. Because I want to go the opposite direction that you want to go. Sometimes we need to come to realization, brothers and sisters, in our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Who are we hanging out with? Who are we following? Who are we connecting with? Hallelujah. If they are always pulling towards the world, you need to turn away from them and say, thank you for your company. I want to pull towards God. I want to draw near unto God. 
Something happened when Abraham drew near unto God, everybody. When he drew near unto God, the Bible says uh, on this day he was sitting outside of his tent and then God came to him together with two angels. Uh, you know the story probably. And, and, and these two angels together with God came to him that, and, and to announce uh, that he was going to have this son and repeat the promise to him. And, uh, and then of course uh, the Bible says, and I, I share this with, with pastors about something else this other day. But the Bible says that God said to Abraham, should I hide for my friend? Should I hide for Abraham what I'm planning to do? And, and so God opened up his plans for Abraham. And, and the Bible says that Abraham, he drew near. You know, he, he's like, how can I do this? Let me do this. Hallelujah. If, can I take this off? And so Abraham, Abraham and God is talking, you know, and. God is sitting there, of course, in, in, in form of a theophany, in form of, a, of, a, of an angel of the Lord. And, and so they're talking. And as, as, as God is sharing his, his plans with him, the Bible says that Abraham was like, I need to talk to you. I, need, I, I have something on my heart. Hallelujah. And, and he started to plead for Sodom. He said, if there's, if there's 50 souls, uh, would you spare the city? If there's 45, and you know, and he goes down to, to, to 40, to 30, and to 20, and down to 10. And God promises me, if I find 10 righteous, I'm going to spare the city. Now, I don't think it was so much Sodom that he had in mind. I think it was some, somebody that he knew lived in Sodom. When God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom, Sodom, that, that, that's where my family is. No, 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 that's where Lot is. No, God. Well, if, you, if, if, if you know, he started pleading because his heart is with his family. Yeah. Let me tell you something here today that God showed me for some years ago. Hallelujah. As I was praying for my family, God showed me, if you drew near unto me, if you worship me, and if you get into my presence and, and just concentrate on this one thing, you're on. Stay close to me. Draw near unto me. Hallelujah. Then I'm going to send angels. Hallelujah. For your family. I'm going to send angels wherever they are. Hallelujah. I'm going to send some messenger for them. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. You may have family. You may have sons and daughters and backsliders, backsliders in your family. You just come to church. You just keep on worshiping God. And God's going to send some angels. He has some angels for your family. What is an angel? An angel is a messenger. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about the angels with wings. and I'm talking about a preacher, a pastor, a Bible study leader or whatever. Hallelujah. God's going to send somebody. Hallelujah. So we understand the story from Abraham's point of view. But from Lot's point of view. Pastor, from Lot's point of view. I mean, he should never have gone. We know because the story tells us how it ended. He should have never gone that. He should never receive that offer. It was not an offer. It was a choice. It was a crossroad. And he missed his opportunity. But Ruth, the Bible says she cleaved. You know the word cleaved here, Pastor, is, is the same word that is used when, when a husband cleaves unto his wife. You know, he just glued. I mean, she just glued herself to her. You know, it became one with her. And she said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, hallelujah. What you need to do, you need to find yourself a pastor. Hallelujah. You need to cleave unto the man of God. Hallelujah. Hey, I, I want you to know, pastor, I'm going to be with you. Hallelujah. Don't ever ask me to leave. I'm going to be, I'm going to be faithful. Hallelujah. I'm with you, pastor. Hallelujah. I'm going to hang on. Hallelujah. Find yourself a church and a pastor. Hallelujah. And a bishop and you cleave unto them. Glue yourself to them. Hallelujah. Now, why would, 
Why would she cleave unto Naomi? Why would she follow Naomi? I think that one of the reasons is, this is, this is simple, but it's still powerful. The, the name of Naomi means pleasant. If you want people to follow you, if you want people to come to church with you, if you want people to cleave unto you and just follow you wherever you go and, 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 and you want to lead the, the way, you need to be pleasant with people. You need to be kind. Hallelujah. Loving. Gentle. Hallelujah. Don't expect people to, 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 to want to follow you if you are mean and grumpy. and You see what I'm saying? Be nice with people. Hallelujah. Doesn't take that much. We don't... We heard Stephen today also, you know... You, those that were serving at the table, hallelujah. It's not just about preaching and teaching and doing Bible studies and being behind the pulpit, hallelujah. Right. Most of the ministry is out there just being pleasant. Yes. Hallelujah. And then people's going to cleave unto you. Now, hallelujah. Ruth, she had no idea what, where she was going. All she knew was, I'm going to cleave unto you, Naomi. I'm not going to do the same mistake. I don't know what my, my future is going to hold, but I know that this is not the way, hallelujah. That's all I know. Hallelujah. So she had no idea what was waiting for her. And then if I had time, I would, I would tell you all of this wonderful, beautiful love story about this kinsman redeemer that she met. And you, you know the story. You're all Bible scholars in here. Hallelujah. You know the story. And this beautiful love story and how, how Naomi set her up with, with Boaz and, and how they met. And, 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 and they, they started to, to date and, 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 and he fell in love with her. And he, he bought her you know, with this prize. He became her, her kinsman redeemer and all of this. But there's something that is not in the story in the Bible that I'm going to tell you today. Hallelujah. I found a hidden chapter somewhere. Hallelujah. There's a story that should have been there, brother. Hallelujah. And so you, today you're going to hear Bible stories that is not in the Bible. But, but I'm sure that it should have been here. And I'm sure that what I'm about to tell you, I am positive. Almost 100%. But if, if not, then blame it on me. But it's still a good story. But... But I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that what I'm about to tell you did take place. Because can you imagine Boaz? He was so in love. That, that we can read from the story. He was in love. He was lovesick. Have you been lovesick before? One time. Are you still lovesick? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble here. Hallelujah. Amen. My wife's watching. I love you. Hallelujah. I'm lovesick. Homesick. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but he was in love. And, 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 and think about it. I'm sure that during their dating period, Bishop, that Boaz said to, to Ruth, you're a Moabite woman, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ruth. I come to think of it, Ruth. If God had not sent two angels into Sodom, you would not have been here today. Lot's family would have ended in Sodom. But God sent two angels to rescue Lot out so I can have you. I'm so thankful, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you, that you rescued Lot out so I can have Ruth. Don't you think that happened? Look what the Lord has done. But then Boaz said, you have to understand, Ruth, that I have a similar story. Because just like you, I would not have been here today either. If God had not sent two spies into another city that was doomed by God. And that city was Jericho because my mother is Rahab. 
Ruth, think about it. You would not have been here if God had not sent two angels into the city that was doomed by God and rescued your forefather out. I would not have been here if God had not sent two spies into Jericho to rescue my mother out. There's got to be some kind of a plan. Why have God brought us together? We're not supposed to be here. And the plan was the Messiah. I'm talking about the blessings of a made-up mind today. If you make up your mind, there's no telling where God's going to lead you. There's no telling what God has in store for you. God has a master plan. If you can just make up your mind, nothing's going to steal this blessing from me. She didn't know at this crossroad, excuses was that way. And the lineage of the Messiah was that way. But God knew it. Hallelujah. Lot messed it up. He missed it. But Ruth, she didn't miss it. So my question to you today, my brothers and my sisters, hallelujah. When you come to your crossroad, will you miss your blessing? Will you miss the things that God has in God, You never know the things that is in store for you. You never know. Let me tell you a story here. Hallelujah. I know I take my time. I just give me five more minutes and I'll be done. Hallelujah. But I... I was sharing this with pastor, you know, for many, many years ago, uh, not so many years, it's 2016, I was in Burma, and because we, we met some Burmese people in Norway, and, and uh, it's a long story, the son of a, a, a Baptist pastor came to our church in Oslo, and I ended up befriending their family, he was so excited to finding out that we baptized in Jesus' name, he said that my father was baptized in Jesus' name in a refugee camp in Thailand, he said, uh, by a missionary, and, uh, and we always believed in Jesus and baptism, but we, did, we didn't know there was anybody in Norway, and, and so he ended up becoming an uh, ordained bap- Baptist minister, and so he had this Baptist church in a little place called Omli, southern part of Norway, and and I said, I've got to meet your family. I have to meet your dad. And, 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 and I w- went down there to meet him. And we befriended. And, and uh, they had a beautiful little church with, with a lot of young people that was so hungry for God. And so he said that, uh, that uh, um, uh, you know, they need the Holy Ghost, Pastor Andreas. And they need the Holy Ghost. They don't have the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, I said, you don't preach it? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's a little difficult, you know, in, in a Baptist church to preach about the Holy Ghost. And I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. I said, I rent a place close to your church. And, uh, and, uh, and we set up a meeting. And I said, and, and I invite you all to come there. And I said, we're going to pray for young people to receive the Holy Ghost. And in that meeting, we had 15 young people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I had a short Bible study of Jesus and baptism. And 10 of the young people that would just receive the Holy Ghost, we took them down to the river. And we baptized them in Jesus' name on that day. Hallelujah. And I asked Pastor David, I said, Pastor, you're not going to get in trouble for this? He said, I didn't baptize them. <laughs> I said, okay, hallelujah. We ended up rebaptizing that whole church. We re-registered the church, hallelujah, from a Baptist church to a UPC church. And because of that connection, I start traveling to Burma, and I, I, I've been there... Uh, this is my third time in 2016. It was my third time, I think, going to Burma. And I always wanted to go up to a state in the north called the Chin State. That is the, 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 where the Christian majority is. And, uh, and there is a lot of uh, what we call Chin people. There's diff- different uh, ethnic- eth- Say it. ethnicity. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And, so, uh, and so, so Chin is one of them. Karen is another one. Now, we have 
started another church on the west coast with Chin people. But this is Pastor David and his group. They, they are Karen. Different, different language, different culture, same country, but totally different. Uh, now, what makes this so interesting, and I, now I'm talking myself out of the message, but it's so good, you have to hear it. Uh, what is so interesting is that when the gospel first came to Burma, it came through Thailand. And, and, and the first place when it crossed the borders of Thailand is the Karen state. And so they received the Christian message from the Baptists. And now they are spreading it up to uh, the rest of Burma and up to the Chin area. They received the message, the Baptist message, from the Karen people. Now, over time, there was another missionary that came over, uh, over the border from India and gave them the oneness message. And, and now in the Chin area, we have 40,000 believers, 40,000 uh, oneness, Jesus' name, apostolic people, amen, in the Chin area. The problem that they had was when they tried to, to share this wonderful oneness truth with the Karen brothers and sisters, they said, we're the one that gave you the gospel. Now you try to teach us. And it was, a, it was a real problem. I mean, we can laugh about it. But it is a real, they, they will never receive the truth from them. Now, because Pastor David is a Karen, when we took him into the Karen area, they started to receive the message just like that. Hallelujah. We have started through, as I said, we, it's actually Pastor David, started nine churches now in the Karen area. We have built a Bible school there. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And when we, the, the gospel is just spreading like ever before in the Karen area. So... I go up to the Chin State on this trip and, and, and to come there, you have to drive on this crazy, dangerous mountain road that goes like 10 hours up away from civilization. And I've never, I didn't know what fear was until this trip, I promise you. I had panic attacks several times on my way up there. And, and, and so when we come to the capital, Hakka, I, mean, I receive an email from a village called Tantlang. And, and the pastor says, can you please come and preach for us in Tantlang? We hear that you hear, hear that you are... Here and, and he said, I'm actually the brother of Sister Sunkoi in your church in Stavang in Norway. I said, I would love to. And so just come and get me. And so they came and got me. And I drove for another three hours. I mean, I was so far away from civilization. You would ever, way, way out in the, I tried to say word, when, uh, but I found out it was not the right words. So I'm not going to say it here today, but way out in the jungle. Boondocks. I said, boondogs. That's what I said, boondogs. Okay. Okay. But way out there. And, and so I see this beautiful church building. And I said, oh, what a beautiful church building you all have. And they said, oh, yeah, Pastor, we're so happy that you're here. It's, it, it's a blessing that you are here. And, and we're so thankful for the money you sent to help us build this building. And I said, uh, I, am, I, I don't mean to disappoint you, but uh, we have not sent you any money. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have. It. You know, aren't you the pastor in Oslo? I said, yes. Pastor Andreasen, right? From Oslo. I said, yes. Well, you sent, don't you remember? Ten years ago. I said, ten years? I didn't know anybody from Burma ten years ago. And then they showed me the pictures. And then the memory started to come back. I received an email from a pastor. I didn't even remember if he was from Burma. But he was telling the horrible story how the church building had collapsed during a service. The floor in the building had collapsed. One woman had died. Several people had got injured. And, and because of this incident, the pastor was about to go to jail because of he was responsible for the building. And in desperation, he sends out email to all churches in Europe and in, in, in America, in, in the Western world, just crying for help. I took that email and I gathered the board in Oslo and I said, listen, I know we never send money to people we don't know. And I said, I... I 
I'm the one that made the rule. I said, I know we, we never save money if we don't have people on the ground that we know. Because there's so much scam. And, and, and I receive emails every day, even to this day. I, I receive emails almost every day. People want to have money. And, but I said, there's something that stirs my heart about this situation. And, and please read it and let's pray. We prayed. Make a long story short. We collected money, did the fundraising, send the money. Ten years later, I'm standing in front of the very church. After flying across the world, driving 13 hours into the jungle, I'm standing in front of that church. Let me tell you something. You don't know what's ahead of you when you are at the crossroad. But you just keep on walking, my friend. Hallelujah. There's some blessings in store for you. Amen. You're going to cry some tears when you realize, I'm so thankful I didn't go that way at that crossroad. Let's all stand to our feet, everybody. Hallelujah. I believe there's people today standing at a crossroad. Amen. Let me tell you something. You need to make up your mind. There's some blessings that comes out of a made up mind. Hallelujah. When Jesus taught us to pray, he tells his story of the unrighteous judge, this unjust judge. And, and he said, listen to what the unjust judge is saying. This woman, she would just not give up. She would just not give in. And, and she kept on asking, 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 asking. Even though... The answer always was no, no, no. Finally, the Bible says, the, the judge says, I'm going to help her. Because if I don't help her, she's going to be violent. That's, that's how she was. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not helping her because I want to. That's what the story says. It was just a parable. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he's saying, this is how you should pray. And he says, this judge, he, he didn't help her because he wanted to, but because she was so persuasive, because she wouldn't just give up. And, and she was so on him all. And so finally he says, okay, I'm going to help you because I just, I'm, I'm bothered by you. And Jesus said, listen to what he's saying. Should not he help and bless those that cry out to him day and night? What kind of Christians are we? Do you give up after, after five minutes? Somebody can be filled with the Holy Ghost here today. If you make up your mind, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it takes more than a two-minute prayer. Sometimes it takes more than just put your phone away for five seconds and just pray a little prayer. I guess it was not for me. If you make up your mind, it's for you. Sometimes we need to sacrifice some things and pursue the things that really matters. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost no matter what. I'm going to be here on, on, on Wednesday. I'm going to be here, hallelujah. On Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm going to pray morning, night. I'm going to pray until I get it. If you make up your mind... God's going to bless you. Come on, the Lord has called you this morning.